Welcome to the podcast of the preaching ministry of LifePoint Church, led by Pastor Lane Harrison. We pray this ministry is a blessing for your life. For more information about LifePoint, please visit lifepointozark.com. For more information and resources from Pastor Lane, please visit mlaneharrison.com. It is great to see you this morning. Uh, I pray that this morning would be a blessing and an encouragement in your life. Uh, My name is John. I don't normally stand up here in front of you, but I I get the privilege and honor of serving this church as one of the elders here. Uh, It is a joy to be with you this morning and to, to share from God's Word. And if you have your Bibles with you, we will be in the book of Matthew this morning in chapter 13. So go ahead, get those out, and find chapter 13... In your Bibles of Matthew, chapter 13. Today, we're going to consider secrets. Secrets in the sense that Jesus uses in our text this morning. Secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you found Matthew 13 in your Bible, please follow along with me as I read verses 10 through 17. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, And with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people Long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. May God bless the reading, the hearing, and the understanding of His Word this morning. So at this point in the book of Matthew, Jesus had been preaching the kingdom of heaven performing miracles as he ministered to the people that were gathering around him and as he traveled throughout the land. And here, in chapter 13, Jesus begins to teach them again. But there's, an emphasis, there's a shift in the emphasis and the style that he uses in teaching. A shift from more traditional teaching like we see or we saw in the Sermon on the Mount just a few chapters prior to using parables. So a crowd had gathered around while he was walking around the sea. And he sits in a boat. 
And he taught them. In the text, there is a pause between Jesus' parables and his disciples come to ask him a question about why he teaches using parables. Jesus gave them an answer, and it may not have been the answer they were expecting, but as Jesus has a tendency to do, he sometimes exceeds our expectations. One commentator has suggested about the book of Matthew that it's kind of a, a manual for discipleships that is directed towards disciples of Jesus. And our passage this morning is a great picture of that idea. Jesus, in his response, gave them and gives us a lot to think about. But we also see Jesus taking time to be with his disciples, to help them understand, to teach them, to lead them and guide them. So as we look to Jesus' answer this morning, in his response to the disciples' question, let's focus our time on how Jesus the Messiah reveals to his disciples the mystery of his mission of salvation, and he invites them in to find life in the kingdom of heaven. So in our text, Jesus uses an interesting term in his answer. He said the disciples that they have been given the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Now that word for secrets is musterion. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct. I apologize. But it's where we get our word mystery from. It's an interesting word choice. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word mystery or secrets, I'm engaged. Let's figure this out. I grew up watching the Perry Masons and the Matlocks and the, the Murder She Wrote lady. I don't remember her name, but um, I want to figure out what's going on. There's a mystery. There's a puzzle that needs to be solved. And we're, when we're talking about something as significant as the kingdom of heaven, I know this one's going to be a doozy. We're going to figure this out. However, that's not the kind of secret Jesus is talking about here, unfortunately. The kingdom of heaven isn't like an escape room that we have to figure out a puzzle or find all the clues or match the pieces or solve the riddles and hopefully do it all in the right order so we can escape with our lives. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. No, the secrets that Jesus spoke of are a revelation from God. And one commentator suggests that these secrets are things that we cannot know or understand without God revealing them to us. We talk about this in our navigation class, that we understand God as mystery. And everything we know about God, about life, about faith, has been revealed to us by a good and gracious God. So in our text today, as we consider secrets, we're going to see a revelation about God's promise and a revelation about His mission. And the revelation from God is as plain as day for those with ears to hear and eyes to see. So let's talk about what Jesus has revealed in his response to the disciples this morning. We're going to look at three secrets 
that Jesus the Messiah reveals about salvation and life in the kingdom of heaven. So let's go back to our text and look. Secret number one, God's word reveals the truth about what we believe. It says, Then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So when I say that God's word reveals the truth of what we believe, I must emphasize that what we believe does not necessarily determine truth. Again, we talk about this in our navigation class as well. We believe God is truth. God does not access truth It is not something that exists outside of him. It's not some cosmic moral principle that he thinks is a great idea for our life. It's everything we know about God, life, and faith, and reality has been revealed by God. He is truth. So rather, we hear the truth of God's word, and it exposes what we believe in our hearts about God. In our text this morning, Jesus tells his disciples that those who would reject the truth of his word are a fulfillment of God's prophecy through Isaiah. In speaking of this prophecy, Jesus exposes unbelief that is deeper than an ability to understand. What he's talking about here is rather an unwillingness to believe. Ears hear. Eyes see. That's what they do. And there's a disconnect in people who would reject the truth of God's Word. Something has gone wrong. And he speaks to this as an unwillingness to believe, an unwillingness to hear the words of Jesus, that He is the Messiah. And this unwillingness is brought about because we are sinners. We have rejected God. Sin is ultimately and only deceptive and destructive for our lives. He says this, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. Here, the Creator of all things, the Lord and Sovereign, the Messiah, became Emmanuel, God with us. The Word of God made flesh, John tells us. And His sinful, rebellious creation not only can't hear, but does not want to hear. God's Word identifies our sin. It pierces through the coverings that we try to fashion over our lives to avoid being vulnerable and exposed God's Word reveals to each and every one of us that we are not God, that we have rejected Him whole cloth, and that we chose disobedience to His Word and death over the life that He gave us freely. 
For those who would reject Jesus, even what he has will be taken away is the devastating reality that is revealed by God's word about sin. Friends, this is a solemn and woeful reminder. And it's an urgent warning for us here today. If you have not trusted by faith in Jesus Christ, I pray that God's word would be powerful and effective in your life today. But as we continue to look at our text, Jesus promises his disciples that the one who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. Jesus tells his disciples that the secrets of the kingdom have been given to them. Here Jesus affirms God's gracious mercy to the elect by revealing God as the good gift giver. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith in Jesus. And what we were incapable of doing because of our sinfulness, because of our deception, God does on our behalf. And we must notice here that there is a distinction being made between those who have and those who do not have. And you may hear that idea and you may be tempted to think that this is unfair. And I would caution consideration before making accusations against a holy and just God. He is not espousing an ideal. He is clarifying our reality. God's Word reveals what we believe, and Jesus helps His people. He helps His disciples. Remember, this is a teaching moment for Jesus and His disciples. He is revealing a truth about the outcome of our belief. Upon Christ is our life established, our life is saved, and our life is secure. Those who would reject this truth, to go on living in unbelief, promulgating Satan's lie from uh, Genesis chapter 3, that we can be like God, knowing good from evil, that surely we won't die if we don't obey God. Those who would continue in unbelief are living in deception without hope for life as God intended. This is a harsh reality. And sin is so deceptive that there are those who would prefer their own destruction than submit and hear the truth of God's Word, surrendering to His Lordship in life. For those who have heard the words of Jesus and seen Him as the Messiah, more will be given, Jesus tells us here. Well, more of what? (laughs) More of Jesus. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 23 and take note of his words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths 
of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, can I ask, what more could we want? This is our great hope. This relationship with Jesus, our Creator, granted to us in His mercy and grace. This is the mystery Jesus is revealing. Jesus is the Messiah of God's kingdom. And belief begets more belief. Notice that when His disciples ask Him why He uses the words He does, why do you speak in parables, they say, He points them back to God's Word through the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And He points us to God's Word because Jesus is the revelation of God's Word. He is the Messiah. He is the fulfillment of God's promise to mankind. He points us to God's Word to hear His Word and see Him as the Messiah. God's Word reveals the truth of what we believe. So our application today, as we understand the secret, is fidelity to God's Word. See it. Hear it. Read it. Memorize it. Write it. Share it. Meditate daily on it. Believe it as true. Let's keep reading. Jesus goes on to say, Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and in turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. The second secret that Jesus reveals about salvation and life In the kingdom of heaven, secret number two, Jesus longs for all people to repent from sin and believe in Him, and He stands ready to save. We make decisions all the time, and and we make decisions based on all kinds of criteria and all kinds of reasonings, whether it's based on our research or gut instinct or some kind of perceived pleasure or pain, we have a myriad of reasons for making decisions about the lives that we lead. Let me ask you, what 
kind of decisions would you all make if you had all the information, all the wisdom, all the knowledge available to you, all the secrets, if you will? Would that influence how you live your daily life? Would that influence how you choose to spend your time, your talent, and your treasure? I've been thinking a lot about this lately, especially in in regards to my children and how we try to parent our kids. (laughs) Parents, how many times have you tried to help your kids make wise decisions? I'm not saying how many times have you been successful at helping your children make wise decisions. But if they could just see their situations as we see them, they would make better decisions. I remember we were, I was uh, outside a couple of weeks ago and we were just grilling out for, for dinner and my two-year-old, Greta, was standing out there hanging out with Daddy. It was great, beautiful day and good food. It was awesome. And I took time to sit there and tell her, Greta, do not touch the green thing. It's very hot. And I tried to keep it as simple as possible. Green hot don't touch and she's like yes i know daddy i'm like okay and what was the first thing you think she did when i opened the lid off the top of our barbecue grill she had to see what was in there she came over and put her hands right on the green egg and looked over and then found out very quickly that was a poor decision what didn't she know the grill was hot even though I had communicated and told her, this grill is hot. What does she know now? The grill is hot. (laughs) Don't touch it. Can I see a show of hands this morning? How many of you always make the right decision? The best decision in any circumstance. Someone's brave back there. All right. I bet his parents are thinking, you need to make better decisions. (laughs) We all fall short. We all make mistakes. But let me ask you, how would you live your life if you knew what moves God to act? How would you relate to others if you knew God's heart for people? Again, these revelations are as plain as day for us to see this morning. These secrets are are clear. Jesus revealed his heart and his mission in this response to his disciples. Jesus came to save sinners, to heal lost people. As sinners, we don't want to hear the truth of the gospel. It says our hearts are dull. We don't like to be reminded of our sins. And we like to puff ourselves up by comparing ourselves to the sins of others. The word here for dull is this idea of of fattening up to the point that something becomes impervious. It speaks to the heart conditions of those without ears to hear the truth and eyes that are blind to Jesus. This is what sin does to us. It deceives us. It fattens us up on the pleasures of this world, the platitudes, the flattery, the accolades, the prestige, the the treasures, the powers that this world has to offer. Anything and everything that the world purports 
as good. And sin is alluring. But what it does is it convinces us that God is not who He has said He is. It convinces us to think less of God than we should. And it also convinces us that we are a God unto ourselves. That we know right from wrong. That we know how best to live our lives. This is how our hearts grow dull when we deny God and abandon His Word to our own understanding. When we reprioritize our lives to follow good things instead of following God. And we are all susceptible to this and we all struggle with this. But again, hear the words of Jesus. He shares His heart and His mission with us. He longs for those who would hear to hear the Word and believe to to repent and turn from sin. Believe that He is the Messiah who is the only one who is willing and able to save us from sin. Look, lest they would turn and I would heal them. Who will He heal? Well, let's look to Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with Him, and He seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He may show us the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Who is Jesus ready to heal? All. Those who would hear and believe and trust the word of truth and power. I don't know where you are at in your relationship with Jesus this morning. You may be hurt. You may be struggling. You may be angry. You may be indifferent and feel empty and dry. You may not have any kind of relationship with Jesus at all. And I call on you to hear the words of Jesus this morning. He is the name above all names. All things were created by Him, through Him, and for Him. And He stands ready to heal. He stands ready to make you whole. Does that appeal to your heart this morning? If it does, turn, confess that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. He loves you. And He is waiting. He has graciously accomplished the work of salvation. Friends, He stands ready. If you are here and you have believed this, 
and you are walking in faithful obedience to Jesus, then your mission is the same as Jesus' mission. To go and tell others the good news, the Word of God, the truth. To tell others about the hope that you have in Jesus. We have the information. We have the knowledge. We have the wisdom. We have the secrets. Jesus has not left us to fend for ourselves. Jesus has graciously given us the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. So go. That's how Matthew ends his gospel account. Matthew 28. Go. Make disciples. Teach them all that I have taught you. It is our mission. Finally, he concludes by saying, For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Secret number three. Jesus is God's Messiah that His people long for above all else. Jesus concluded this teaching, this moment, this aside that He had with His disciples by telling them, I am the one whom the righteous and the prophets longed for. He is the fulfillment of their words of God's Word through the prophets, through the Old Testament. He was the fulfillment, the yes and amen of God's work. That word for longing relates to this earnestness or desire, something that we set our affections on and it determines the direction of our lives. What do you long for in life? Do you need bigger toys? More gadgets? More money for less work? Fewer dis- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fewer distractions? More time away? Do you need less stress, more respect? Do you need a more compliant spouse? Do you need more likes? Bigger houses, less responsibility. Do you want peace? Do you want rest? Do you want meaning? What do you long for? Do you feel that there is a weight pressing down on you and you just need relief? Are you just trying to make it out? What do you long for in life? Friends, I offer this encouragement for each and every one of us today. God has given us everything that we need for life, for faith, for rest and peace in His kingdom. He has given us His Son, Jesus. Jesus is the Word that needs to be heard. He is the Messiah that needs to be seen. Jesus is the beginning and the end of every single one at what every single one of us are longing for. You either believe that 
and build your life around that, trusting in that truth, or you don't. Your heart longs for something. All of us have a heart that longs for something. Something that cannot be filled by anything this world has to offer. It wouldn't take us long in a conversation to realize that truth. We've all tried things. We've all tried to satisfy that longing. And we still find ourselves wanting. Your heart will only be satisfied by God's love through the person and work of Jesus Christ, His Messiah. If you have never heard or believed the gospel of Jesus, that He longs to heal you, to save you, to make you whole, the invitation today is simple. Repent. Repent from your sins. That means to turn away from your own strivings, your own workings, and trust, believe that Christ is Lord over all, risen from the dead, a glorious Savior. Stop your striving. Stop your avoiding God's Word and believe that God has accomplished salvation for you through His Son, Jesus. He died for your sin that you might have life. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. Please don't walk away this morning with a dull heart towards God. Don't walk away impervious to His Word and His love and His truth for your life. Wherever you may be, He stands ready. Now for the rest of us here this morning, a similar invitation. If you have surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus, if you have heard the good news of Jesus and believed the truth of His Word, let me ask you, do you long for Jesus above all things? Does your longing for Jesus come with you when you go to work? Does your longing for Jesus come with you when you go play? Does your longing for Jesus come through in your home, in your marriage, in your parenting? Does your longing for Jesus come through when you have conversations with others? The invitation is no different for us today. Turn and trust God to do His work in your life and through your life. He is working in you. He wants to give you new desires in your heart. Psalm 37.4 tells us this. And the work that He has begun, He is faithful to complete. Walk in obedience to His Word. Rest in the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. He has fulfilled God's promise for you. And where we fall short, and we all fall short, Jesus stands ready to heal.